I'm Simon King, and this is What's Wrong. Let me start by saying that I am not a uh, religious man in any capacity. I don't believe in religion, least of all organized religion. I, uh, I don't subscribe to any. I'm not um, connected to any in any way. I've never particularly studied any to any degree. I mean, I'm aware of the major ones, particularly the Judeo-Christian ones, you know, obviously by being in Western society and being, uh, you know, Northwestern European and, uh, and, and North American society, that, that's kind of the one, those are the ones that loom the largest in your, uh, in influence in your life. And I am also not a man of faith of any kind. I don't believe in a higher power. I am a an atheist, um, in the truest sense of the word, that I believe there is nothing other than what is happening. Like, an, I don't believe there's any anything uh, overseeing, controlling any sort of um, consciousness, any God concept that you might have. I don't subscribe to that. I believe in that. I, I don't think that that. I, I really do, truly believe in um, evolution and the randomness of uh, of. Uh, the creation of, well, not creation, the, the randomness of the existence of, of species. I believe um, that we're all essentially lottery winners and we exist because we got lucky, um, everything from the amoeba all the way up. And I think that's, in my, in everything I've learned and everything I know, that's the only logical answer that I can come up with for any of this. So, and, and also, before I get into this, let me say too that I, um, don't have a problem with people having faith. Uh, I don't really have a problem with people having religion. I mean, I don't understand it. And so to me, it it's speaking a completely different language from that which I understand. And so to me, you know, doing things because somebody tells you to, to me, religion, particularly organized religion, is a system of control. It seems like it's designed specifically to keep people in line, to keep the serfs doing what they're supposed to do. You know, uh, I know life's miserable on the planet Earth, but one day you might get a great reward. Don't kill yourself because, you know, we need you to work. But also that's a sin and all that other stuff. You know, uh, religion is a business um and to me, it is the human interpretation of what is perceived to be the divine. So if you truly believe there is a God, a consciousness so great that it controls all of the things in existence, controls everything from, you know, uh, the coronavirus all the way up to an elephant. Everything comes from this one fountain. Uh, if you truly believe that, to me, then... Um, it would be impossible for humans to in any way interpret that. It would be like trying to teach a cat calculus. They, they'll they hear the words you're saying, but they won't understand the words. They won't understand anything, anything concept. They don't even understand the concepts of mathematics. So to me, to try and say that humans are developed enough or capable enough of understanding such an extreme level of, of intelligence and awe-inspiring influence, if it existed... Uh, is at best erroneous, at worst um, deceptive and cruel and and uh, a system of control and a system of keeping people in line to do what you want. I don't think any of these views that I'm espousing here will be of a shock to anybody who knows anything about me. Um, and I do get a little annoyed when I say I'm an atheist and people are like, well, you don't really mean that. You're an agnostic. No, 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 I'm an atheist. Like an agnostic is someone who doesn't know so they don't want to commit. I'm an atheist. I know there's nothing. I know there's nothing. 
because everything in my being tells me there's nothing. And when someone who is religious or of faith tells me that, how can I know that? Well, how can they know that there is something? It is as powerful as there can be. Um, it, 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 it is a core, it is something that is so central to who I am in many ways that it, because, because I think that if I believed that something existed above myself, even without religion to shepherd me through, uh, the hoops I'm supposed to jump through, like I never understood the concept of the God hat wearing a hat you're supposed to wear because someone said you were supposed to wear it. Because that's the thing. It's like, oh, if there is a God, if there was a God, if there was something that powerful, they wouldn't care about your headgear. They wouldn't care about your tributes. They wouldn't care because you're not significant enough. You don't, I think that level of ego is just something I can't grasp. If something was powerful enough to create everything, and I know that theoretically, oh, you know, the, the man is created in God's image. That's hip. That's ridiculous. It's it's bananas. And if that was true, then why circumcise people? Why, if God creates humans in His image, then you're gonna lop a bit of their dick off? It doesn't make any sense to me. That's just like buying a car and ripping the bumpers off first thing. They're intended to be there. The God hat doesn't make sense to me. No one gives a fuck what hat you wear. What they want you to do is the religions want you to wear their fucking uniform. That's what they want. It's a uniform. It's a, it's a name tag that says, hi, I work at Amazon or whatever the fuck it is. That's what it is. If you believe in a God, then I don't understand. Then to me, if you believe in a God, a religion is, is, is against all of that. A religion is against the belief in God because if you believe in a God then you believe a God is so supreme and so powerful and so much more than you could ever be. The idea that you would need to put a person or persons between you and that is to me insane. That somebody in a funny hat who knows something claims they know something because they read something that might be something that maybe know. It's a game of Chinese telephone that has got way out of fucking control. So if you truly believe there is a God, if you truly believe there is a higher power that controls everything, then that higher power, you can talk to that higher power directly. Not that it would even fucking understand what you're saying. Because, like I said, it's a cat in calculus. We know cats meow. We don't know what they're meowing about most of the time. We don't really give a fuck. The idea of prayer is, to me, insane as well. If there is a plan, there is a plan. Leave it alone. Whatever you're asking for is not part of that plan. That plan is that plan, correct? God is infinite and un, unquestionable, all-knowing, has all these plans that we could never comprehend, but he's going to help you win the lottery or get a promotion? Get, get your shit together. That's bananas. Religion is against faith. It is. The idea that, uh, you know, you could have a connection to God through someone wearing robes is bananas to me. It's, it's, it's think about for a second what you're proposing as a religious leader that you somehow have a connection to God that other people don't. That's not a thing. If your God is a just God and your God is a fair God, then your God would treat each person the same. But I don't think if you believed in the concept of a God, you could even believe in the concept. Why would a God follow an earthly set of morals and values and rules? They wouldn't. They wouldn't. So I'm, but I'm not getting into that for this. That's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is not me bashing religion and questioning faith. And again, like I said, I don't, I don't have any problem with people who do no harm because that is the general belief that I have. Do no harm. If you want to practice your religion, but your religion harms nobody, 
It, it doesn't try to stop gay people getting married. It doesn't stop women having choice over their own body. It doesn't stop. If, if your religion honestly doesn't hurt anybody and it doesn't do anything to harm anybody and it just gives you fulfillment, then go fucking nuts. Do whatever you want to do. If your faith just gives you fulfillment, if it stops you stabbing people in the face on the subway and, and it causes you to not do harm, then great. But if you weaponize your belief and if you weaponize your religion and religion is the weaponization of faith because it causes you to draw lines in the sand and make teams. And if you are blinded to the chance that you might be wrong and you're blinded to the chance that you might not be able to have the definitive choice as to who should get married. And if you, if you can't see past that crazed uh, mentality, then, then you are a danger and you're worrying. But this podcast is not about that. This podcast is about the soul. But I needed to establish very early on that I do not believe in any form of higher power. I fully and 100% believe that when it's over, it's over. You're gone. You're done. That's it. That gives me great comfort. I find happiness in the fact that turmoil ends. I do not want to be here when I'm done. I don't want to be. I find comfort in that. I find uh, joy in the peace and relief of the end. Uh, not to be morbid, but that's what I find. So when I talk about a soul, I don't talk about it in the sense of the religious connotation or the spiritual connotation because I'm trying to reclaim that word in the sense of what I believe a soul is. Because... A human being is a collection of parts. We are a collection of... We're a mechanical thing. We, we are a machine. We, we function. We are... Whatever it is that makes us what we are, that makes us a functioning, you know, uh, robot, uh, you know, a meat robot powered by, a, a, you know, a tub of jelly in our head or controlled by a tub of jelly, whatever it is that does that... Um, that process is universal. The, uh, the, the, the mechanics of life is universal, you know, uh, or are universal. The, the, the human body is designed in a certain way or is not designed, but is, has become a certain way, is, you know, evolved to a point where things do things for a reason. And there's some parts that we don't need anymore. I'm looking at you appendix, but basically, you know, everything has a purpose. It kind of works the way it works. And it's, you know, we come off the assembly line for the most part, the same, uh, you know, not in terms of appearance, obviously, and anything like that and height, and everything, but in terms of the working mechanics, the clockworks of people are the same. Um, and which, you know, makes racism and everything even more ridiculous. Not that it wasn't so fucking ridiculous. It's just so stupid. But anyway, the point is what I'm talking about when I talk about a soul is I'm trying to reclaim that, uh, word as a definition of the self, uh, who you are as opposed to what you are. What you are is a collection of biomechanical parts that makes you a thing. Um, you, you know, you, that's what you are. Um, who you are is a collection of thoughts and memories and hopes and, and it is the separation of the person, the spirit of the person, the soul of the person from the mechanics of the person. And we see time and time again and have forever seen um, that, you know, you can lose the mechanics uh, 
and maintain the person. But if you lose the person, the mechanics are no longer relevant. So in a sense of if, if a person becomes brain dead or severely damaged to the point where they are no longer who they were, the mechanics don't matter anymore. No one looks at the body and goes, well, you know, Carl's still with us because he still has all his fingers and toes, but he's a vegetable, but he's still with us because he's still Carl. He's still the old Carl I know, but he's not. Carl's gone. The, the, the soul of Carl, the spirit of Carl, the essence of Carl is gone. The mechanics of Carl remain and may indeed remain for a long time because the body will continue to function independent of the soul. And the soul, as I, you know, call it, will continue to function independent of the body as long as the mechanics that keep, keep the equipment that maintain the soul or the, the spirit or the human alive. I mean, obviously, you, you cannot... You cannot be alive if your body is not functioning. So the body does not require the soul to live. The soul requires the body to function to a degree. And we see this with people who have had serious accidents. Uh, people have, you know, their physical life has fundamentally changed, but their mental life has in many cases increased and become more... Uh, Stephen Hawking is a good example of someone whose body, you know, functioned enough barely enough but his brain and who he was shone through and continued to shine through and i think that the scientific definition of what that is needs a little bit of sparkly paint on it needs a little bit of gold dust needs a little bit of art because science is powerful and science is wonderful and science is indeed what gives us so much but without emotion and without soul, without art, without connection, then there is no purpose in that. Imagination is what makes us different from everything else. Imagination is what gives us science. Imagination and, and thinking the way we think and our soul powers everything. So what do I think a soul is? I don't think of a soul as in some sort of you know, weird ghost that floats around in your body and then when you're hit by a bus and you're on the operating table, you just float above. That's not what I think at all. That's not in any way. I don't think of a soul using that term in any capacity uh, uh, in, a, in a spiritual way, in any way. I do not think of that. I know this is to me what makes it more special. Your soul is a collection of all the mechanics that are happening to make you a person and a collection of all the memories and experiences you have that make you who you are. So, to me, and the funny thing about that is your mechanics can change your soul, but your soul cannot change your mechanics fundamentally. You can change your body, but you can't change, you know, change your fundamental mechanics. Um, so to me, a soul is, when I speak of a soul, and I've had this conversation before uh, with people, and they, you know, for someone who's, not religious in any capacity, it, it confuses them, I think, a little bit because that, that word has such a religious connotation to it. And, and it, you know, that's where it comes from. And that's why I said I'm trying to, to change that definition because I think it's a really good catch-all word for who you are as opposed to what you are. Um, you know, they say people have the soul of a poet or they have the soul of it. What, what, what that is, is it, it is you are... So... 
I think I think that you know let's take let's take the example of I, I think I think when you are born when you you are mechanically created when you exist when you're online when you're functioning when all the the biological mechanics of your body start going I think that you can um, basically look at that as a blank slate from upon which the soul will be built so when you exist and having had a child I've seen this who is now you know four years old I've I'm I'm kind of more than just acquainted with the process of a person being built. There is a certain level of genetic predisposition that exists absolutely. Um, but that's also part of it. That is, like I said, the mechanics cannot be separated from because that is part of your mechanics. Your genetics is part of your mechanics. So when I speak of mechanics, I speak of everything that is not something you have acquired or become, you know, something that is not... Uh, everything that is connected to your genetics, everything is connected to your physical being. So in my mind, uh, I think when you're born, when you sort of arrive, there is a certain amount of blueprinting that exists, but the, the actual soul isn't really there yet. I think you build it. And, and I think over time, it continues to evolve and grow. All the collection of thoughts and dreams and hopes, experiences and everything is what your soul is. And if you are lucky, your soul deepens throughout your entire life, you know, very much so. I think it would regardless because just experiencing being alive, you know. But I think the when you start out, you're like a Frisbee. There's not much going on in there. There's a little bit of, you know, sort of, well, you might have aptitudes this way. Your brain might work this way, blah, 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 blah. Because we know there's genetic predispositions to being artistic at the other but I think that who you become, um, those building blocks come fast and furious from very early on, from the initial connection to your parents and family and those around you or anyone around you. You grow and continue to grow and continue to accumulate your soul through your life. And instead of it being this kind of weird like I said, ghostly mass that sort of inhabits you and, you know, it is what it is. It, this, is this is what your soul looks like. This is what it's... Uh, instead of that, um, if you think of it as um, a bucket that's constantly being filled and that bucket just keeps, you know, it, it, you can never fill it. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, and, and what you're trying to put into that bucket continues to try and... I think if you see it as... Um, maybe even better a snowball that just continues to roll and collects things as you go. And I think your goal is to have the biggest snowball possible, the most full bucket. Because when you take away the idea that the soul or who you are is predetermined completely, I mean, like I said, I know there are some things that are predetermined, but when, if you take away the idea that everything you are is already decided, then you give people control over their growth and destiny and who they will become much more. And you give people the, the ability to be themselves. And I think that's why it's a dangerous concept for a lot of people to believe that, you know, you can go from being a bad person to a good person. You can go from being, uh, a, you know, a technical person to an autistic person. You can go from being a sad person to a happy person or a happy person. You can do these things. You can make changes. Not always. There are, like I said, genetics at play. I have extreme depression, which colors everything I am and colors my choices. And thereby, my choices color my soul. They color my essence. Because I have made choices that 
have made me who I am. So there is a genetic thing at play there. But what I choose to do with those, what, what I'm able to ascertain uh, from those experiences and everything is that, you know, there's a constant evolution that must occur inside you. And I think that evolution is in the sense of, like I said, your soul, who you are. And I think if that evolution stops, I think your soul stops. I don't think it dies. I think you just become, I think, it, I think it calluses. I think it just becomes sedentary. And, and I think the problem with that is that when you cease to grow, I think, like I said, the body can exist without the soul. The, mag- the mechanics can exist, but I do think that they need purpose in their own kind of weird little way. Your brain runs everything. And if your brain, even the autonomics, it all comes from there. Like the, the nervous system, everything, it's all, your brain controls what gets fixed. What gets, and I think if your brain thinks, what's the point? What more am I getting? I think your brain is kind of, I'm trying hard to explain how I'm, I feel like your brain is like a basking shark. It's just going around, just sucking everything up. It's just constantly absorbing. But when the food starts to die out, the basking shark stops swimming because it just doesn't have the energy and doesn't need to. And I think that's why you see some people, when they lose that life force, they lose that spark, they lose that need to grow and learn, and they lose that want for experiences. And I'm not just talking about, you know, experiences of traveling the world. I'm talking about just experiences in general. When you lose the want to connect with society, to connect with people, to grow, to learn I think you start to see your body let you down and then it becomes a spiral. And I think you you start to see these things where you start to turn. I mean, what is the point of being, right? What is the point of being? If you take God and, and a God concept of any kind out of the equation, what is the point of being? And the point of being to me is being. The point of being is growing. The point of being is becoming more the point of being is to to continue to swim like the basking shark to find more to fuel more and it seems like a strange thing to say because the end all is nothing once you're dead you're gone right like that's my belief is once you're dead you're gone there's nothing else after that so what's the point of collecting all these it's like playing a video game that never ends but you don't play video games just to win. You play video games to play. If you become obsessed with the winning, you cease finding joy in the game. If you become obsessed with the end, you cease finding joy in the life. So I think to me, when I talk about a soul, I talk about that which makes you grow, that which drives you to become, that which gives you purpose, that which gives you hope. And I think that as a society, we don't see the value in playing the game as much as perhaps we should. Because our version of playing the game, particularly in Western society, seems to be to acquire as many things as possible, to get as much as we can to, you know, I mean, legacy is an interesting thing because that is also, to me, not the correct way to play the game. The idea of being, of leaving something 
that people will be awe-inspired. I mean, yeah, okay, it's great if you can leave a mark that's positive on the world. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. And whether you do that through raising children who become good people and good members of society, uh, or whether you do that through um, your own personal achievements, whatever it is, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, but if your sole goal is whatever happens at the end of your life, the end game, uh, I think you miss the point of being here. And so the meaning of life is your soul. Your soul is who you become. Your soul is what you are inside. Your soul is your want, your growth, your need to become better, to become more, to deepen yourself. The meaning of life is not what happens at the end because you won't know about any of that. The meaning of life is not even necessarily what you leave. I mean, it's it's hopeful to leave a, a good and positive thing. You know, it is hopeful to leave a legacy that is good for people and leaves the world a little better than you, you came to it. And that's kind of, you know, at least my hope and I think a lot of people's hope. But that's not the purpose of life. The purpose of life, I think, is to be. And whatever you do with that, whatever you get from it, whether you, you know, your life is about collecting things, your life is about hurting people or helping people, whatever it is you do, whatever you leave, whatever footprint in the sand you leave, one, will eventually be washed away, and two, it's still a footprint, negative or positive, whatever you bring to yourself. And I think that's why we start to fail when we stop trying to be, when the hope is extinguished, when the dreams are gone, when the wish is gone, when the, the depth stops, because our soul dies. And the machine continues to function because the machine will function. The body goes. It does. But the soul, who we are, when that dies, that's it. That's us. That's, that's, that's everything. Like I said, I think the meaning of life is to be. And I think when you stop trying to be, I think that's it. So your soul is your collection of everything. Is your memories, your hopes, your dreams, your imaginings, your loves, your hates, your fears, your embarrassments, your pride. All of those things are your soul. It's not magic. It's not some unearthly thing that has been given to you. It's something you made. It's something you got. It's something that by certain luck of genetics, you may have been pushed in certain direction, but all you are is what you have made, good or bad. Your soul, good or bad, is what you have given to yourself. It is the purpose of life. That's what I believe. Uh, as always, you can send me a, a letter at www.skpodcast.gmail.com if you... And undoubtedly, someone will want to dispute um, that. And I don't blame you. It's a very um, loaded topic. 
And I didn't think I was going to have this sort of... Um, I don't think I'm going to talk about it like this today. I didn't really know what I was going to talk about. Sometimes when I go through periods of time where I don't do a podcast for a while, I find a hard time finding things to talk about. But it occurred to me today when I was uh, when I was driving, I thought, you know, this is something I've thought about for a long time and I've never really been able to express. And as is my want of to not edit and to not go back and change things, I'm sure there will be things in there that I've either said incorrectly or are easily misinterpreted and you know if you wish to communicate with me about that send me a letter www.skpodcast at gmail.com or uh, you can tweet at me at www.skpodcast or at my personal account which is at unfamous um i just think you know i've been thinking about all that stuff lately because i think that uh it's hard to find purpose right now for me personally because of uh not being able to be a comedian not being able to do what i do and it's made me re-examine what is purpose and like i said it's something i've had in my brain for a while but then re-examining you know what what why just why the fundamentally important question that no one seems to be able to answer and i think it's they can't because everyone's answer is different you know and and so I think that the one-size-fits-all philosophical answer as to why doesn't exist. I think everyone has their own answer to that question. And you know it. You already know the answer. I think you're – I think in a way you, you you are building your answer every day to that question. But it just occurred to me that, you know, as you think about what will it be like when I'm not here, what will it ultimately – you know, what What did I learn? What if I left to the world? I think it's very easy to get wrapped up in the goal in the end because that's, as a species, we're very goal-oriented. We very much want the end game thing. We want to understand. And I think that it just, I'm trying to accept the fact that being is the purpose and the purpose is a good one. I mean, ultimately, it, it doesn't, matter because you're here for a blink of the eye and then you're gone and when you're gone you know other than those who know you and loved you and remember you nothing there is your story has been told it's 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 finished so right now is the only time you can change it once you're gone you can't make any changes to the draft so just you know Make sure you write what you want, I guess. Um, I hope you're well. The world's kind of crazy right now. It has been for a while. But I think it'll remain crazy. And I think it'll probably even get crazier still. So take care of yourselves. Take care of your mental health. It's starting to get really hard, um, what everyone's going through. Don't get wrapped up in the negativity. There's a lot of very positive things out there. Try and find some good news for yourself. Uh, yeah, that's what's wrong this week.